Well, uh, welcome to Black Men Speak. It's a podcast that highlights ordinary black men doing extraordinary things. I am your host, Keith Dent, and tonight we are in season five, um, which is fantastic. Happy New Year to everybody, by the way. Uh, hope you have a great holiday and you're really looking forward to 2024. I know I am. But you know, I'm gonna you know have a new new I guess new word. Everybody kind of has um I guess um, New Year's resolutions. But I'm going to be more intentional and purpose. I guess purposeful will be my word for the year. And um, I'm really looking forward to this year. We're gonna do a lot, some different things. Um, but we you know the integrity of the show is gonna be the way it always is. So I'm really looking forward to it. So. Uh, our, our guest tonight, well, no, I'm going to start just by asking a question to our brothers out there. Um, have you ever received flowers uh, before? Um, and, you know, here's a much deeper question is how many of you ever received flowers from another man? Uh, just, just for being you. And I'm sure the majority of people probably say never and you know of course the thing out there that you hear is that men only receive flowers you know when they're in the ground our guest tonight Robert Washington Thons he pondered the same thought uh, back in 2018 when he was an outpatient in a mental health program and then out of that 2021 came this project called the Black Men Flower Project. And you know, when I came across his story, I was just so fascinated and I really wanted to uh, have him on tonight to really talk about um, uh, you know, his project. But that initiative is, um, basically he's trying to redefine social norms by celebrating the beauty and strength of black masculinity. You know, and he's challenging stereotypes, uh, and, you know, also trying to foster healing of black men, you know, in the communities in which he lives and, and in other places. So I can't wait to just hear about his journey. And um, so, yes, I'm going to bring him up now. Uh, Robert, no how's everybody? How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Good, good. We're, hey, we're in matching white today, but hey, matching hats. I got hats. the memo. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I actually had that same color hat on, but I, you know, I switched um how you doing everything's good how's your new year so far i guess we're seven days in we're weekends yeah exactly it's it's very it's a little stressful um we got some a lot of campaigns growing for the new year um there's a lot of growth and positive positive stress you know it's a lot of good things happening so oh okay your 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 podcast included so okay yeah happy to be here wait to get into that so Back in yeah, so let's go back back in two thousand and eighteen. Yes. Um, you pondered, you know, this project that you started. So take me back to that. You know, how did that actually start? Yeah. So actually, two thousand eighteen, I was um, working full time as a scientist at my dream job, and I was extremely depressed and I had no idea what that looked like. I did not, I was not aware that 
depression was like really a thing. Like I had been sad in the past, but like I had been walking around with a broken arm and a broken leg mentally. And mm. I wasn't aware of that until I was in the ER for having suicidal ideation. So mm. Mm. Um, the project didn't come around until like 2020, 2021. Okay. But prior to then, you know, I had just been taught like, and again, this is like not directly, not, not someone's not beating you over your head. Like, hey, this is what it means to be a black man. It's just how society and other black men chastise each other. That's correct, that's incorrect. You know what I mean? And so I would say living in this lifestyle of like having a nice car, having a nice apartment, trying to date the most beautiful women, just all these superficial things like really put me in that in that place. So that's kind of that that's like the root of it, of how this kind of started um, through that. And so 2018, I actually went to a mental health uh, facility outpatient for three months. And uh, you'll see this in our website. Our pillars are art, nature and community. And so through this like outpatient program, I had a sense of community, uh, had people I could talk to about my problems and helping them with their problems. Uh, we got to make art every day. And then we also got to spend time in nature. So through those processes, um, just for myself through my own mental health journey, I was able to begin to like, okay, how do I make this, how do I transfer this lesson in the most nimble way possible? And that was flowers. Okay. So, um... So you kind of talked about the fact that you had this great job or you were chasing a great job, mm -hmm. apartment, and um, I guess the finest woman you could, you could yes. be with. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so were you depressed by the fact that you, you weren't achieving those goals or you had achieved them and then it was like, okay, well, what was, what was next? I had achieved them and I, I made it to the mountaintop. And you know, the, th the thing about being on the mountaintop, there's a huge cliff, you know what I mean? That you could jump off of. And I think that not only was it, it was essentially like the maintenance, right? You have a new car, you got a beautiful girl. She wants to go out to eat. Your car needs maintenance all the time. You know, there's no, if you buy a new car, there's no maintenance for it. There's no parts available. You, have, you can only go to the dealership. You know, if you have a high profile job, you're putting in 40, 50, 60 hours a week to get that next promotion. You're always chasing money you're chasing women you're chasing an aesthetic you're 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 decorating your mask but you're never really taking care of yourself in my opinion okay okay yeah i mean yeah in actuality i think if we one when we if we feel that is part of being a man then when we either get there or we don't get there we can or when we judge ourselves against those items mm. we can cause us to get to a place where we are questioning, you know, what is our existence um, if we don't have, you know, certain things in place. Yeah, there was uh, no so, foundation for me, so. Right, Sorry. right. Okay. And so then you just, and so then one of the things I wanted to clear up and I thought was fascinating, and then you said while you were in therapy, you gravitated to a therapy practice called Wabi Sabi. Yes. So for our, I guess, listeners or watchers, what is um, Wabi Sabi and why, what, how did that resonate with you? Uh, so Wabi Sabi is a Japanese practice of actualizing and realizing that nothing in nature is perfect. That there was an activity that we did in our art therapy session where we went out and we made art with things we found in nature. So everything from like pieces of 
tree bark to branches to leaves to you know anything that we could find outside. I mean, maybe even some like trash or wrappers or something. So afterwards, they asked us, "What, what did you realize that nature was perfect?" And we were like, "Well, nothing. Everything's asymmetrical, eaten off of, or dead, dying, or still growing." You know. And they're like, well, if nothing in nature is, imper- is perfect, why are you trying to be perfect? And mm. it's actually like that really blew my mind to think that um, how, how is it the society we have to, everything has to be perfect, right? I just got done doing a camera design for a project we'll talk about later, hopefully. And it's like, everybody wants it to be perfect. Oh, this is not a line. These words are not quite right. Like, where's the... How can they can't just be fine as it is? You know what I mean? In society, we have normalized and working in the science, the sciences. Mm-hmm. If it's not perfect, send it back, refund it. You know what I mean? And so that's I think that idea of perfection is put on our masculinity as black men as well. That we have to be something that is still less than the ideal standard or the perfect. We're, we'll never be white. We'll never be. Uh, well, not to say not, not, I want to say not millionaires, but it's like we'll never have this social norm in society mm-hmm, will always be less right. than, and it's like, I'm chasing something that I can never achieve in a sense. Okay. And so that's how I correlated Wabi Sabi to the black, essentially the black experience. Okay. Yeah. So I'm basically saying that being less imperfect or the fact that we have imperfections should be okay. Yeah. And that just basically being your, your best self. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and that's a great thing to aspire to, or that's a great mantra, for a lack of a better word, because mm-hmm. we 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 do a lot of comparing, especially especially to entertainers and entertainers, athletes, and things of that that matter. So you know, the average Joe, or just if you're out here, you know, just doing your thing in the community, we could still come up to the fact that it's still not enough, and how do mm-hmm. we? really um you know move forward and you know by obtaining you know those material things yeah exactly and it's like even as as children you know what i mean like in school it's like you got to get straight a's or you're less than and so like we're always chastised and cast down for essentially we got to do twice as much to get half the credit you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and it's like what we're chasing is just i was reading the bible the bible last night it's like it's like chasing after the wind you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like you'll yeah. you'll never catch it. You know, it's all vanity. We're chasing vanity. And I know we didn't really discuss it, but but to go back, did you do you have any like brothers and sisters? And did you did you actually feel that at home with your with your parents? Oh man, that's a good question. So like, yeah, I have a younger sister, and okay. my sister is extremely talented and gifted. And I feel and my father wasn't in, wasn't in the home because of his own mental health issues. Mm. with me growing up my sister got a lot of and it's always the i'm the oldest right so it's always the younger sibling that gets like the more grace my sister got to explore a lot of their creative side a lot of like you know pianos and stuff like that and just you know and i didn't get that and my mom was like you got to be a doctor you got to do this you got like my Mm. mom was bringing home department of labor statistics (laughs) on the type of doctor the the type of doctor i could be how much money i could make like it was always like money driven of like you are going to be and she was preparing me for the world, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. she wasn't nurturing the child that would become a man. You know what I mean? She okay. always, she always, she said the world already, she basically was telling me the world already sees you as that man. And I need to treat you that way to prepare you. And so it prepared me in some ways to get to that success. But like, once I had it, 
I couldn't hold on to it. Okay. And wow, and what and do you, when was your earliest memory of that? Oh man. I would say <laughs> probably second or third grade. You know, like in the math book, they have the odd problems. They have the answers to the odd problems in the back of the book. My mom would make me do extra credit for everything. Like every, it didn't matter what it was. She was like, you're going to do extra credit. You're going to like show your teachers you're not dummy. You're just not another, another, another black boy that's going to get left behind. Okay. Okay. Um, and so then you first sent flowers to a friend in 2021 in New York City, which yes. was, you know, near, near me, you know, shout out to the city. And yeah. so what made you, well, one, how did you end up picking that individual? Uh, and then, you know, what was there when you, you know, you, <laughs> I'm sure, and I don't know, I'd love to hear if you crafted a message, you know, you sent it or did you, you know, kind of give him the heads up that it was going to be done. And then what was his reaction to that? So the reason I picked him was, so I, outside of li- being raised, born and raised in Chicago, I lived in Georgia. I went to military school there and I also, I went to college in um, Ohio um, for the easiest way I can put it without telling his story for him, me and him, we struggled together. Like we, we have been through some, some hard times and um, just living in Ohio, just being two young kids, two young black men in America, just trying to make ends meet. And in that time that I have known him, he had moved to New York. Um, he's in a relationship now, a loving relationship, and he's really just grown. So for me to send him flowers essentially was to say, I recognize you and I appreciate you for all for being a good friend to me, not only number one, and like you essentially like made it out the hood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you sur- you survived your trauma, you survived everyone that told you you wasn't gonna make it, and you're thriving in New York City. You know what I mean? And I and I I appreciate you for that because me and him didn't have two nickels between us sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. We'll go, we'll go out to, we'll go out drinking and we'll have to walk about an hour to get to the bar because we didn't have a car, you know what I mean? So it was this struggle like that, that I really appreciated that he found his old, own way out. And to answer your last question, his reaction was like, I figured he'd be the most receptive. You know, he's a musician, uh, he's an artist, he's very, you know, in touch with his emotions. And I think none of that matters in the face of who society tells us that we are as black men, number one, and then how do we have to perform that in the world? So him being the first recipient, him sending me a photo of him with the flowers, it meant a lot to me because it's like, he told me that it felt, and you can go and read the caption on that. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of our IG page, you can see his response. Mm-hmm. Where he he said it, it it was a weird experience. Like he didn't he didn't know how to feel. Like it, it felt weird, very odd, and like alien, you know, because we are not associated with nature. We're not associated with beauty. We're supposed to be rough, rugged, and raw. And yeah, I'll I'll just stop there because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Just like okay, yeah, yeah. And so then you decided so. And that's great, great experiment. But then you decided to start a nonprofit based on that experience. Mm-hmm. So what made you, because, you know, a one-time thing is great and everybody feels good, but then deciding that you wanted to take it further and what, what sparked that? Um, so 
I, you know, I don't know if you were on Clubhouse back when, back in the the OG Clubhouse days. No, no, no. I, no. It, I was, it was past. A, I think I was past the Clubhouse days. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is it was an app during the um, during like the pandemic. Everything shut down. This is like an audio based like social networking thing, kind of like uh, Twitter Spaces now. And um, you know, I just kept hearing this phrase like "Give him his flowers. He deserves his flowers." And I was like, but if I, as a black man, you know, who wasn't at the front of my pack, I wasn't in the front of the gym class, I wasn't dunking on people, you know what I'm saying, in middle of high school, I'm actually pretty bad at basketball. But <laughs> if I can feel this, how many other black men are feeling the same pain? And so it made me realize that I want to take this further outside of my friend group, outside of my family, and I need the support of others to do it. I can't do it by myself. And so there are a lot of different ways, you know, I could have started, I consider starting like a, um, a, a scholarship. There's like other ways, you know, there's other ways of giving, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, I could have right. just kept it local, but it's like, I felt like this, and again, this was like three years ago and I can't, sitting here now talking to you now is so surreal. Cause it's like, this was never supposed, in my mind, it was never going to be this big. It's just like, Hey, if people want to donate a couple of dollars cause flowers are expensive, but Essentially, I just wanted to make this an accessible experience and something that wasn't solely self-funded. Okay, okay. And you're operating in what, in what cities? So I'm currently based in New Mexico, where I work and live. Uh, so Santa Fe, New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico, um, New York City, Chicago, Illinois. And we're expanding operations to um, Miami, excuse me. Miami, Atlanta, and San Diego this year. Oh wow! That's and fantastic. and London, and London. Oh, and London. Okay. Yes. And what? So one of the things that make it, of course, important is that you needed to find florists or floral yes. designers. <laughs> because, yes. So I mean, because you know, getting the flowers is great, but you need to find the the designers or the florists. And of course, your goal is that you're focusing on black florists. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the next guest that I'm bringing up was someone uh, that was actually um, someone that jumped on board pretty early. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and his name is John Caleb Pendleton uh, from Plaques and Pistols. And so, you know, the one thing that I loved about his story is that it came on the fact that one, he loved woodworking uh, and flowers. And, you know, it was definitely out of, um, you know, his story with his parents. I don't want to kind of give it away. I always love when oh, everyone else kind of gets to tell their own story. Um, and then, so um, I thought he had disappeared, but, you know, he's back. So, <laughs> so, here we go. So, yes, John Caleb Pendleton you know, owner and founder of Pla Planks and Pistols. So, Planks and Pistols, yes, sir. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been quite the evening, and I am horrible with technology, so sorry. I was thought I was exiting out of something else, and then I just, like, went out for a second. But uh, I'm doing good. I'm glad to finally be here with you guys. Yeah. No. Hey, no worries. I'm just glad that you're here today. You know, Happy New Year. First of all, your flower arrangements are fantastic. Um, you. you know, just on the website, but I'd love to just hear and, and tell the audience of your journey. How did you come about becoming a, you know, a floral designer and 
how did you feel, why did you feel compelled to jump on the project of the Black Men Flower Project? Yeah, it's, thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's good to be here and be part of this, and I'm glad you started this. Um, but when it comes to me and how I kind of fell into flowers, I um, would design flowers for my wife around the house. Um, and when we were dating, she was my girlfriend, I would like get a bouquet of flowers and rearrange it to try to, I was broke. So I was like, you know, <laughs> like, let me get a few like different bunches of flowers and um, try to mix them up to make them look nicer. And I thought it was something like everybody could do and just everybody didn't do, you know? And um, then we got married and I would make a wreath for the house and arrange flowers for around the house and such. And um, and then I was, I used, my background is in youth development work. And so mm, okay. I um, was working uh, for youth nonprofit mentorship in public high schools. Uh, coaching students to uh, fill their dreams and such. And um, I was moving from one organization to the other. And as I was waiting to start at the next organization, um, I um, like it was an organization that was from outside of Chicago. And so they were just having a hard time getting into Chicago public schools. And so I was hired in pay just sitting at home every day. And one day I was just like, hey, anybody want a full arrangement you know and i posted it for my like few friends that i was on that follow me on social media and i had some people uh reach out i was like hey like yeah like i'd buy some flowers for my wife i'll buy some flowers for my wife and um and then it just kind of snowballed and here we are six and a half years later maybe maybe seven i always forget how long i've like actually been doing the flowers but um but yeah, so I started doing that and in about three and a half years into it, um, it would this February will make, will make um, three years that I've been doing these, uh, or four years, wow, we're in 2024. This February will make four years where I've been doing these public installations around Black monuments in Chicago. So February um, of 2020, um, we did, um, or I did, I didn't have a team then. Um, I did um, a full arrangement on this bust of John, um, John Baptiste DuSable, who is mm. to be the founder of Chicago. And so I did just a small full arrangement, had a piece of wood that I burned into the wood, a black man found in Chicago. And this was my first public installation. And so my focus, and since then I've done many public installations around black statues in Chicago. And I do DuSable statue every year, but that's what, that's like my hope. That's what I, my heart behind flowers is I want my people to experience flowers. I want to use flowers to tell black folks stories. Right. Okay. Um, and so when Robert reached out about this, that's why it was just a no brainer. Cause like I was already like doing this in my own way like not doing what he does, but like focusing flowers on black people. I was already doing it in my own way. And so um, when he asked, I was like, oh, easy, done. Let's do it. You know, um, let's do it and let's do it. Do it, do it. Like do it big, you know. And so, right. That's great. And so one of the things that you that was also kind of compelling is that both of you had seen kind of the unresolved ripple effects of generational trauma. Uh, in your lives. And I know Robert touched upon that a little bit, but, you know, was there other 
and, you know, may, uh, maybe outside of your families, but there was some other trauma that you saw where you felt that this would be a project that had legs and could really uh, kind of transform um, black men and how they felt about themselves. I'd love to hear that. If you have, you know, if you have a story that could be uh, really um, kind of support the work that you're doing. Uh, <laughs> well, I can't, I honestly can't think of a specific situation other than the pandemic. I think that the pandemic really stripped a lot of people of the materialism that we so are that we are so akin to and it just allowed us to return and i'm going to go back to this just say nature right like more people went out they got hobbies they began biking and just finding new ways of connecting or being intentional because it's like somebody can get sick and, and and die essentially and so it's just like how do we gather when it might kill us when before we took it for granted so i can only speak to that that large breaststroke Specific, uh, I don't know if John has any a specific example. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the biggest examples that sticks out to me um, of like, not why I thought like, oh, this could be helpful, but from the arrangements that we've given, um, one of them, or actually two stories come up that I was like, oh, wow, this is actually doing something. Like this is, this is helping black men. And one was a, um, a guy uh, nominated one of his friends who he he struggles with his physical health, um, but they work together, do pop-ups, small business stuff together. And this guy's like always like encouraging other people. He's never like down. Uh, he's he's one of, like he's fighting his own battle with his illness, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. always encouraging other folks. And in the note um, that the um, his friend wrote for him, he highlighted this. And like, do like, start tearing up when I like read to him why he was receiving the flowers. Cause I, when I deliver, I'm like, hey, you've been nominated. And this is why they said they nominate you, blah, 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 blah. And I tell him. So um, that one. And then another one was uh, a son nominated his father. And mm. I, I was like, hey, do you mind if I like take a photo of you? Like, we try to get a photo of every recipient with his flowers. And he was like, yeah. And he like smiled. And then like later on when we posted it, uh, his wife commented and she was like, he never smiles in any photo. And then like <laughs> one of like their friends commented was like, he really never smiles in photos. So like, this is like a big thing. So uh, it's it, and every, every time uh, delivery is made, it's like the, the surprise, the joy, the like all of that, just, you see it no matter if it's making some long-term effect, uh, a long-term impact or not, you see in that moment, their day is, mm -hmm. you know. Great. Yeah, that's great. And I wanted to, since you kind of mentioned that, take me through the nomination process. How does it work in order for a man, I guess a man in those four areas, are, and then of course one's coming up to receive the flowers? Absolutely. So I would even, to add to that as well, um, we do have we can deliver flowers anywhere in the US. Um, John is perfecting his shipping and handling while keeping the bouquets intact. In oh, okay, meat. that's great. Um, and then also um, in other instances, we there's a, a list of black florists that we try to pull from um, in other cities that if somebody's like in DC or let's say, um, 
I don't know, uh, Montana or something. We try mm -hmm. not to go through 1-800 flowers or something like that. So, oh, okay. uh, very, but very simple, like, but it's easier to like, if we already have a contract or have like, we know how much it's going to cost and they're kind of adhering to like this, the standards that we want these bouquets to look. Cause we don't have this, like, there's not normal bouquets. These are like mini jungles. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw something. I'm like, man, those especially are... John's, especially John's, but, uh, to that point, to your question, um, the process essentially, as we as we get nominations and as we get, um, we, and we try to get black men, our, that's our only prerequisite is that we get a black man to nominate someone else in his community, someone that he's in contact with. We don't want like, oh hey, I saw this. There's this black guy that I work with on you know the third floor, and he's a really nice guy. You know, we want people that are like, kind of like already that know each other, um, if possible, to nominate each other. Um, and as we get those nominations in we match that with donations to that given city. So we do accept do donations nationally through our um, general fund, but then also as through our partner um, florist, those 100% of those donations go to flowers. And in some cases, there have been, there's been many instances where I have self-funded that. So as nominations come in and money comes in, those get paired and get sent off to the, to the nominees. Mm -hmm. Okay. And are you, are you the sole, so is it a kind of a weekly, a weekly thing or once a week or once a month that someone gets, uh, uh yeah, gets it, elected? It, honestly, it depends on the florist availability. You know, there's a lot of, and I did not realize this, um, until John came on board, there's a lot of logistics with delivering flowers, you know, because you want to know when, where, when and where they're going to be at. There's been a lot of deliveries left on, um, doorsteps. <laughs> and so, oh, right. um, and so we, with, you know, with John, we tried, when we first started, we were doing it weekly and, you know, th there's so much time and attention that he puts into the arrangements that we've now switched to monthly. So it really just depends on the market, the number of okay. nominations and the amount of money that we get that we're able to do this. So to be honest, it's, it's honestly sporadic. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of sporadic. And we try to have campaigns to say, Hey, we're going to do this consistently. So right. So in New York right now. We're doing 10 black men in New York and it's all going to be for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And that's going to be at one one time for 10 black men. But like outside of that, it's like, okay, like, can we get into a cadence? Because it can be it can be random. It can be like, hey, this is upcoming for a birthday or upcoming because he's getting my best friends getting married. You know what I mean? So it can be time sensitive or it can be just based off of those other parameters. Gotcha. Gotcha. And and just because, you know, I have my wife and we we were discussing this. So what is the, why just a black man? What makes it that more powerful when it comes from a man? Uh, I think it's twofold, right? Because, you know, we, one, we're men, and then two, we're black. So I think that anytime any of us goes to the grocery store, we go shoe shopping or we're in the mall, there's this sense of like, people are hyper aware of us, but somehow we're still being ignored. Like somebody will walk around you without ever making contact with you. Someone can, you will hear, I was in the parking lot yesterday. Mm -hmm. I swear to God, I was getting in my car leaving. This woman, bloop, 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 bloop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Her car was triple, quadruple locked. And she never mm. acknowledged me one time, but I knew it was because she sensed, she saw me without looking at me. And so oh, wow. I think, I think that for, black men to acknowledge one another in a way that is non-traditional. It's not based on a pretense. Hey, I see you big homie, you got a nice car. Oh, you got a fine girlfriend. I've been acknowledged mm -hmm. by 
my and just the nod too, right? <laughs> yeah, just the nod. You know, yeah, yeah. I've been acknowledged for superficial things by my mentors, by my older cousins, by my father figures, for things that were superficial and never for something that was like we're having a. It, I mean, not to say those deep moments don't happen, but they don't happen publicly, or they don't happen in a sense of like in openness. And mm -hmm. I don't know, mm -hmm. John. I'll give you an opportunity to answer that as well because yeah. I know you're very because. We've again. We've tried to. We've tried to do it other ways. I've. I've contemplated, and John was like, "No, we have to do it. Like it has to be this way." Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think um, there's so many reasons. I'm trying to be concise, but black men, we men in general. Let's go there first. Men in general, mm -hmm. um, it's a mo It's a more. It's a more of a modern thing for men to not be like connected and. Um, like even emotionally connected and um like hundreds of years ago that wasn't a thing you know like men had close friendships and and shared together and like it's it it, it wasn't uncommon for men to express their emotions um in general um but also to each other you know and um about each other like i right. love you like you know um, right. and so and so, so yeah, for me, it, it it really is that it's like it's it's understanding that men, like the number of men, the number of men dying by suicide is 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 ever growing. You know, it is it is it's not. There's an issue. There's a problem there, and it's not like oh, just all men except black men. It's like all of these issues that face men in America. And then you add on being black, and it's just like, and it and and I and I never for anyone listening, I never want to get into the like what some people call like the struggle Olympics. You know, like I'm not saying like, oh, men have it so hard, or whatever. I, I understand mm -hmm. in, a, in a patriarchal world, men have we carry privilege. You know, um, I, I I understand that, and at the same time. Um, I believe to become a healthier world, to heal from the the ills of patriarchy, um, men have to love each other, love ourselves, and so that we can love one another. Because the anger, aggression, and and and, and the negative things that men are known for is all an acting out from not receiving the emotional care right, that, right. that we need as humans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and so, I mean, um, and that was one of the so reasons yeah, I, why I did the show is to yeah. say that we, you know, we have a voice. We we can acknowledge some of the great things that black men are doing outside of uh, rap, music, hip hop, or the athlete sinking the 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 point, that kind of thing. And this is a a great way to do it. And then, you know, your project is also a great way to just show like, hey, what you're, I mean, because you may be doing, you know, you're going to work every day or you're taking care of your family, then that's something that we can acknowledge. And Absolutely. I think that goes a long way. And, but then also I just brought up a kind of interesting question would like to ponder, have the two of you ever received, had you ever received flowers before? <laughs> John gave actually gave me my first bouquet. <laughs> the, the first time we met, we were at a restaurant. I was running late, and um, 
there was this tiny bouquet of flowers and he's like these are for you and it was this one of the scariest moments of my life because oh, because wow. okay. we were in public it really like i felt like someone ripped my mask off like you have you're taking away and i had been doing this for like two years right like i had been like bumping along bumping my head in the dark before i met john and we're in a public place and he is publicly acknowledging his appreciation for me as a black man as someone this is, is doing this project and it's like a peace offering it's like i want to i want i'm joining forces with you and it was it was scary it was extremely like why was, this, why was it scary because we were around a bunch of white people <laughs> we were in public you know it's like no. i ha i have to have this male bravado i have to wear this mask i have to be I have to carry myself in a certain way. I have to be non-threatening, but also be able to look like I can protect myself at the same time. Mm. I have to I have to walk this fine line. And flowers don't represent that. You know, a lot of people like we are in essentially in war times in, in more ways than one. And flowers are not a great representation no. of like it didn't it just didn't I just I felt a misalignment and I was like, I have to like be i have to have the courage to say yes to this because i've done it for so many other people and i haven't i haven't accepted it for myself and so oh, wow it really changed the way that the project it changed everything about the project changed me as a human being because it showed me what i had been doing for other people for the last two years wow that's powerful that's powerful and john had you ever received flowers before yeah, I've received flowers several times. Um, the first time I received flowers, though, um, was was for um, I got accepted into grad school and my wife um, got me some flowers. And so um, I was like, whoa, like when I got them, I was like, this is crazy. Um, I'm, sure she was, I'm sure she was under a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's so funny. Like I, I'm the floors and she bakes. So it's like right. I never... I, I know the few places I can buy baked goods for her from, or like I can make it and it can be trash okay. if I make it. It can be not great if I make it because it's like, oh, he's trying, you know. But um, for her, she was like, who can I get for? She knows there's like a short list of people to get flowers from for me. So, so yeah, this was, this was, a, she knew that I like these people designs. So it all, it all worked out well. But, um, but yeah, that was the first time. And then I've gotten flowers for my birthdays since then. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. What about um, you? you know, I haven't. No, I have not received uh -oh. flowers. Okay. Well, um, signature address. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I mean, I think, you know. So I gave flowers to my my dad um, for his birth because I was like, oh, I'm sure he's not. He wouldn't expect flowers. Mm -hmm. So you know, I gave him, and he was a big. I mean what I kind of know about flowers and not a lot was from him. You know, he had rose bushes, uh, you know, at our, in our home, you know, both of our homes. And that was a big, big thing for him. It, it didn't transfer to my, <laughs> I did not transfer the green thumb. Um, but I know that was something that he always um, loved doing. So that was an appreciative, you know, appreciating him and what he had done, uh, you know, for us, you know, and, you know, as a, as our dad and stuff like that. But, but I thought it was, you know, fascinating. And it's, you know, and, and I, I pose that question and I hopefully, you know, people will answer because I think, you know, if you ask people that question, probably nine times out of 10, most brothers are going to be like, oh, I've never received flowers. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and so with that, you know, what was probably 
either the most interesting reaction you got from someone that you either delivered for or, you know, if you delivered in person, what was the one reaction that you remember the most? I'll go. Um, I delivered to this one guy. Um, this was great. I had a pop-up um, at this Black art event, um, and this guy walks up, and I don't even know how we got on the topic, but I tell him about Black Man Flower Project, and he was like, cool, like, you know, I should nominate um, my, my little brother. It's his, it's his um, birthday this weekend. Um, he just thought, like, if I tell you a name, you'll get him flowers. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? Okay, let's do it. Why not? We weren't even planning to do a delivery that weekend. But I was like, I'll do it. And so um, I was like, yo, hit me up here. Let me know, like, a little bit more about your brother. Because um, I had a nomination for him on the website at that point. Um, so he told me about him. And so I'll go and deliver. And um, I well, I text the guy. I was like, "Hey, this is John with Planks and Pistols um, on behalf of the Black Man Flower Project. You've received, you've been nominated to receive some flowers. You have to send the website because people think it's spam every time. Every time people think it's spam. Oh wow! And, okay. Um, oh yeah. It's like what? No, this is not real. <laughs> and wow. so I find out later from the dude. He was like, "Yeah, I looked up the website. I was like looking all the links. I was like, this this sounds weird." So I go and I deliver the flowers. Um, I tell him, I tell him, hey, I'm going to be on my way here soon. He didn't know his brother had delivered the flowers. He didn't know his brother had nominated him. And so I show up and he answers the door. He's like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, uh, let me tell you who nominates you. It was like, your brother, et cetera, said. He's like, for real? I was like, yeah. And then he was already just like so, because I think it was his older brother. He was already like, Oh, and then I like read to him what his brother said about him. And he was just like, oh. and the best part about it was as I turned to walk away, because it was again, it was his birthday. And so they were having like some type of family event at the house. The brother, the brother who nominated him wasn't there, though. So he turns around and as he's walking into the house, he was like, y'all, look, such and such got, got me flowers. And the whole room just like, oh, and it was just like. It was just great because it was this like communal moment where like mm. everybody witnessed this black brother loving his little black brother and like and everybody got to like feel the joy in that moment. It, it was great. It was that was right. one of the best deliveries ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it, I I like that you told that story. Not only is it kind of a it's a familiar thing, but just the fact that it also broke down the walls that we say, hey, we can acknowledge love in, you know, for our brothers. And that that's, I think, a very hard thing because I, even I, when I was um, looking at this, um, the research about the top reasons for um, death among Black men, I mean, and it goes up, I think it was 29, I, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but was was homicide. And I'm like, man, that means, so that means and for the most part, you know, when we're getting killed, it's by somebody, people in our communities mm-hmm. or someone that we know. And so that base, you know, in terms of we're not really loving our ourselves and it's not transferring to people that we know in the community. So mm-hmm. if we can break these things down, we can really, um, you know, make some changes as far as how people feel one another. So, uh, John, I did really I did also want to touch upon the fact that 
you, you had mentioned it, that your arrangements, the arrangements are fantastic. And you thought, you know, <laughs> this was something that, that people could do. So uh, what goes into a great arrangement? So if I wanted to start doing this and, you know, there may be some brothers like, look, <laughs> I, I can't nominate, but, you know, I want to um, create my own arrangements. What goes into a great arrangement? Um, wow. That's, that's an interesting question. I've never... I don't think I've ever answered this question just like verbally. I've like always just shown people. But um, what goes into a great arrangement? I mean, I think you want to have like gr some greenery or some type of like um, branches, some type of hardy stems to kind of give it a good solid structure, kind of like a skeleton almost. Like you, um, you, you have mm. this like, oh my gosh, not skeleton frame framework. Yeah. It's really, okay framing up a house like you create this like base structure or whatever and then you want to choose like different different sizes like so different sizes of blooms so some blooms are like the big face flowers are like like a rose or a chrysanthemum or like a football mum where the face is really big and then you want to choose something that has like smaller blooms and then you want to choose something that's for me at least i always like to choose things that are really textural so um so thistles or um Oh my gosh, like freesia or so like something that has some type of different texture and it's not, everything's not all the same shape. And then of course you want to like make sure, like know like what colors go well together, you know? And okay. I think any colors can go well together. You just have to be mindful about how you merge them. Um, YouTube University is a great uh, way to like, you know, or just like typing on my Instagram, like floral design. So okay. I think what goes into a good arrangement is, is a good variety, um, different heights, uh, you don't want everything to be some people like it but for me i don't like it like when everything's the same height it's classic it's traditional it's old school and i think it serves a purpose in certain settings but like if you just got a standalone arrangement you don't want it to just be like even and round like i've gone in friends houses and they're like go ahead like go ahead and fix the flowers or whatever and all i do is like cut some things down leave some things longer and when you have things at different heights Mm. Um, it just it makes your eye move. It makes the okay. eye move, and it and it makes it a little more. It gives it depth. It makes um it gives it more dimension too. So um so yeah, texture, different sizes, and different heights. Um, and not being afraid to use like empty space. You know, like having something tall, something short, and it's kind of just like a, a, a negative space in the middle that can add to your arrangement. Okay. Wow, that's um, that's great, and and I would. I would venture a guess that you're you're still designing flowers for your wife. Yes. Um, funny enough, um, I did that for her today. I don't do it enough. Um, it's like the Cobbler family doesn't have shoes. But, um, <laughs> you know, but it was funny. We went to the grocery store today and I grabbed some flowers. And when we got home, she's very particular about where she wants things to be in the refrigerator. So as she's putting away all the groceries, I was just in there designing her some flowers. So um just whipped it up with yeah. like like breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I just it really is like second nature at this point. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so um where is the Blackman Flower Project going now? Next time I know you mentioned the cities and and what do you see happening in the near future? Oh, that's why John's on the board of directors, because I'm very <laughs> short-sighted. Um so literally next week um, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, 
we are nominating or looking for nominations for 10 black men in New York City to receive flowers. Um, it is through our partner or one of our collaborators, um, Stems Brooklyn and a tribe called Flowers out of Bayside of New York. So they will, there is a barbershop called, who's also collaborating, it's called uh, Standard Barber Co. Black men can show up between 1 and 3 p.m. on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and receive a bouquet of flowers as well as a sweatshirt that says you deserve your flowers and that sweatshirt mm. is from Ooh. a brand called never settle so we're nice. the first 10 the first 10 black men um will get get those and there'll be some uh headshot opportunities we'll have hopefully a nice whiskey pairing and make us in the barber chair and get some photos taken um from there um you know we're continually expanding um i'm hoping to do some things with john for black history month again i'm sure he has some stuff under wraps under from the planks and pistols brand so hopefully we can collab <laughs> there um father's day is also huge you know we want to normalize black men getting flowers and to that extent black men flower project should could potentially cease to exist which, be, which would, would be a great thing if black men are normalizing and men in general normalizing seeing one another in that way um and yeah, I mean, again, we're trying, I, like I mentioned at the beginning, um, there's a florist in London that is interested in working with us. So I would love to expand, expand around the globe and hopefully me and John can quit our day jobs. <laughs> day. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> That's awesome. And John, what about, what about you? Like some pistols or Black Man Fly Project? No, both. Yeah, um, both. I really... I mean, starting with Black Men Fly Project, I Roberts made it clear that he wants me to, like, in just in addition to just the general um, like guidance of being on the board, um, wants me to like help really define what a Black Men Fly Project arrangement looks like. So that question you just asked, what makes a great arrangement? Great question because I need we need to be able to communicate that as we expand to new floors. Like, hey, if you like to work with us. We love, we appreciate your style. Your business might be booming, might be great. But if if it's coming from Black Man Flower Project, this is the aesthetic we're going for. This is the vibe we're going for. So I would love to get to the point where, you know, the fall, like in each season, like I'll never be like a menu type of um, floral designer uh, where it's like, this is the exact arrangement that you will get. Um, but I would love for like in the fall, like I we send out a, I do a Zoom call with all the Black Men Fly Project floors and say, hey, y'all, like, thank y'all for being being willing to be our floors for this season. You know, I just want to, like, walk us through, like, this is the aesthetic for the fall. This is the aesthetic for the winter. This is for the spring and for summer. Be sure to, like, send the photos in to us. So, like, you know, like, be open to edits and stuff. So I really want to help um, the, refine the floral aesthetic of Black Men Fly Project. Um, but then with Planks and Pistols, it's one million things going on. But yeah, we've got um, an installation. Or like I said, Dusabo, it, this makes four years since I did the first one. And there is a new Dusabo statue in Evanston, Illinois, which is the first um, suburb right north of the city. And right. so yep. and the same person who did the bus downtown built this, uh, he designed this big um, statue. It's like a huge, it's literally just Dusabo's head. Um, and it's like seven feet in diameter or whatever. So, um, so he, me and the sculptor have been talking, and I'm gonna do an installation there. 
And then um, I'm trying to work out a really cool um, a floral art show um, where I work. I know this is a Black Men Fly project, but this project will be me and um, all Black women floors. Um, oh, nice. so it's a special project. I did it. I did a solo show a few years ago. And basically, I'm running that show back. But instead of designing, I'm going to kind of just curate the show and bring in Black. Because it was a show focused on Black women. So instead of me redoing it, I'm bringing in Black women. Oh, that's fantastic. To, um, to do all the designing. So, so yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, that's and great. And then Valentine's Day. So. Val- oh, wow. Yeah, Valentine's Yeah, can you believe it's around the corner? Right? It's, oh, it's basically tomorrow. <laughs> right. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got to get get my, get my order into the, you know, the floral arrangement. <laughs> yes, yes. Or, you know, I, well, no, I guess I need to do it myself, right? Forget do it myself that, that there we go you know, because the yeah. eye you know because the eyes will yeah. be fluttering with the different and you know and i've got the i've got the the framework keith yes. we have we have virtual classes coming up oh okay end of january um and you should check it out so that'd be okay great. yeah i may have to do that i may have to yeah. do that okay um so yeah for before two more things before um, I ask my final question, how can people either get involved with the Black Men Power Project, either by nomination or by donation? And then how can everyone follow, you know, follow both of the, your, both platforms? Yeah, so um, you could be fine on, our primary platform is Instagram. So you can find us at Black Men Flower Project on Instagram. You can also go to blackmenflowerproject.org. Uh, where you can learn more, donate, and also please nominate. We're always short. As much money will always come from various sources. I will always find a way to get flowers, but we were always short on nominations. So we would love to get more Black men. Well, you won't um, have to worry about that. I'll, I'll send yeah. some <laughs> money. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. And then, uh, John, you can, I'll let you speak to your uh, various uh, platforms. Yeah. Um, Planks, and, Planks and Pistols, P-L-A-N-K-S like the workout and but it's supposed to be wood um and, and then a and d pistols not the gun p-i-s-t-i-l-s planks and pistols is the instagram planksandpistols.com um i just started my own artist page um we're t- just tomorrow we're taking down a piece at um this we have a piece at a museum the show in ended today so we're deinstalling tomorrow and that's just john pendleton on instagram and so so yeah great well this has been a wonderful i'm glad you guys shared that i can't wait to um i'll post it on the page and then i, I think i'm already connected uh via instagram as well um but this question i always like to end with uh because i know we as black men are always uh, which um, Robert had, you know, said so early in the shows that we're always chasing that thing uh, or providing uh, things for holding it down for our families, our, our partners, and we don't necessarily think about ourselves all the time. Mm. So in 24, since it's the beginning of the year, is 2024, how are you feeling right now as a, a, a Black man? What is it that you're hopeful for or what are some of the things that you feel challenged by? Um, I am hopeful that <laughs> I find a therapist this year, you know, I've fallen off the wagon as somebody that's such a proponent for mental health and celebrating other black men. I definitely need to 
rein in my own uh, mental health. I'm also hopefully graduating this year from college, which has been like a long-term goal for me. And just, you know, keeping the project afloat, hiring more people to help and finding volunteers and people just want to collaborate and help spread the message in, in whatever way that looks like. And also just to see more black, more men in general receive flowers regardless of their race. Yeah, I feel hopeful um, that this year can be better than last. Just personally, it was a very rough year. Um, and so I feel very hopeful um, for that. Um, me and my therapists are uh, rocking and rolling. Things are going well there. Um, me and my psychiatrist, things are going well there. I'm finding balance, so I feel hopeful about that. And then just the challenges of, um, I think just the challenges of like staying true to creative vision um, while also know, like while also trying to push the limit to grow your brand. You know, it's like, I gotta grow, I gotta make money, you know, but I also have to stay true to myself and what it is that I'm, I'm doing. Well, um, this was great, and I am—I have to say—I'm very excited to kick off. So this kicked off season five of uh, Black Men Speak podcast, and um, we're we're gonna we're gonna get some more brothers some flowers. I have to say so. So yeah, I think th that vision will come true, uh, and I think it will you know just really spark conversation of what it means um, you know to be a man. Um, a black man i mean a man in general what does it mean to be a man uh, what does it mean to um, break some of those barriers of uh, masculinity and i think the flowers are going to do that and so i thank you guys um for joining today and i look forward to uh, great things and either possibly making my own flower arrangement or um I'm just nominating some well-deserved brothers that need it so thank you absolutely thank you thank you you John and Robert for the kickoff of season five if this show is an indication of how black men are healing and trying to honor other black we're on the right track and that is the reason I do this show but more importantly we need you to share with at least five people and subscribe your love will go a long way and I'd really appreciate it as you know we always like to end the show with a quote and this one comes from August Wilson. Confront the dark parts of yourself and work to banish them with illumination and forgiveness. Your willingness to wrestle with your demons will cause your angels to sing. This is Keith Dent from the Black Man Speak Podcast. Peace.